On today's episode of the Marathon of History podcast, Marathon of History owner Matt Johnson sits down for an exclusive interview with Canadian author and historian Tim Cook. Hello, history fans, and thank you for checking out the first episode of the Marathon of History podcast. I know there are as many history podcasts as there are history lovers out there, but I thought, why not throw my hat into the ring? Um, I've been running this company called Marathon of History since 2011, so got a few uh, pretty interesting stories and pretty interesting interviews and guests to talk uh, with on the podcast, so uh, we're going to try and keep them short. And, you know, I don't think that anybody wants to listen to a one-hour podcast or listen to me talk for an hour. So we're going to keep these podcasts short and we're going to keep them uh, interesting with interesting guests. I want to bring the first interview on board that I have for today's episode, and that is Tim Cook, renowned Canadian author and historian. And many of you listening to this podcast, uh, you're probably going to recognize Tim Cook. He's worldwide known as one of the premier history writers, and particularly when it comes to the First World War. Um... Tim's excellent books um, at the Sharp End and Shock Troops really were two of my favorite First World War books and really got me into the First World War. And I'm fortunate enough to have gotten to know Tim a little bit over the last few years. And I can say that beyond being one of the premier historians in the world, he's just a really good guy. Tim, uh, Tim loves his history. There is a genuine passion for history. You can tell when you talk to him and he's really... Um, really passionate about bringing those stories alive from those soldiers and, and really, like he says, giving voices to uh, people from the past. And, and that shows in his work. You know, you can tell it's, it's incredible work and his, his books are great. So um, the list of awards he's won is longer than my arm. And uh, I sat down with him last year to talk about a book he had just written at the time and published, and it's called The Fight for History. And it's a great book that explores the temporary lost remembrance, if you will, of Canada's Second World War contributions and sacrifices. And it also talks, though, about the revival and the hope of the future of remembering this. So really interesting that we have the premier World War I writer in the country talking about sort of how World War I remembrance really overshadowed that of World War II, uh, particularly following the war. Canada kind of wanted to just leave the Second World War behind, as Tim says in the interview you're about to hear. Canada came out of the Second World War a changed country, but arguably a better country, and a lot of people did not want to look back on the past. So anyways, enjoy this interview. Here's Mr. Tim Cook and the fight for history. Thanks for joining Thanks. us, Tim. Thanks, Matt. Great, uh, great to be here with you, and hello to everyone. Tim, I'd like to ask you a little bit first uh, about yourself. Um, what is it that makes you so passionate about sharing history, and who were your role models as you were coming up? What point did you say, I want to be a storyteller, and I think I have something to tell um, to Canadians? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, well, I was lucky. I grew up in a family of historians. My, my mother is a, a professor of education in Canadian history. My father was a very famous archivist in Canada. So, of course, when I went to university, Matt, I went to Trent University, I went trying to do anything but history. Uh, but I found, of course, um, that, you know, I, I did have a passion there. I did have an interest. My parents took me to the Western Front battlefield when I was 17 years old. And that that had an impact on me. Wow. Uh, going to Vimy Ridge, going um, to the Somme, seeing those vast cemeteries, the, the men who lay there and some of the boys, some of whom were younger than I was, that, that had an impact on me. You know, I progressed my way through 
you know, a master's at the Royal Military College, a PhD in Australia at the Australian Defence Force Academy. Wow. But for me, history has always been about the people. And that's, that's I guess, maybe getting to your, your question there. What, what got me fired up? When I was studying first the, the Great War, the Second World War, it was through the people, those eyewitnesses to history, the men and women who served and who sacrificed, um, those who came home, um, those who were left uh, overseas in the Commonwealth war graves, uh, cemeteries. And it's been their writings, their letters, their diaries, their memoirs, which have always, I, I thought, provided a glimpse into that secret history of war. And in fact, I called one of my books that. Um, because to me, there was the history that was written of battles and campaigns and of generals, which is all important. You need to have that. But too often, those individual soldiers, um, uh, you know, were left out, the nurses, the airmen. And um, that, I guess, if there's, a, if there's a thread that goes through my writing, I think it's about those individual Canadians in times of war, primarily the two world wars. Um, which which continues, I suppose, to fascinate me and to some degree, um, uh, you know, haunt me, I suppose, to, to try to understand and to explain their um, their multiple experiences, because, of course, there isn't one experience. And I think one of the joys I've had over uh, 25 years now as an archivist, as a historian, as a curator, as a museum specialist, is, is to try to draw out all of those individual stories. And um, it, I guess that's what keeps, uh, keeps me motivated. That's what keeps me researching. That's what keeps me writing. So what goes into producing a book, Tim? At what point, uh, what, where, do you, where do you say, I need to write a book about this topic? And then where do you go from there? It's a great question. And um, do you find the book or does the book find you? <laughs> you know, uh, part of it is... I started my very first book, No Place to Run, was on gas warfare in the First World War. And it, it was a bit of a new way of doing history with so much through the letters and the diaries and the eyes of the soldiers. And I suppose I continued there. But I've, you know, my second book, Cleo's Warriors, was a sort of intellectual military history. So there, there isn't one particular book, but I have multiple research files going on articles and books that I'm reading. And you begin to see the patterns. And as you read more and more, you see, oh, geez, I'd love to read something on the memory of the Second World War. And then you realize, boy, there isn't really a book written on that. And okay. maybe, maybe I'm the guy to do that, the, the last one, The Fight for History. The book on Vimy, for instance, in 2017, Vimy, The Battle and the Legend. Um, the idea for that was we had a lot of books written about Vimy in the four days from the 9th to the 12th of April, 1917, exploring the battle. And I'd written on that in, in Shock Troops and in other books. But I wanted to know why did we care so much about Vimy as Canadians? Why is it such a powerful martial symbol? And it, it clearly has something to do with the battle and the memorial that was unveiled in 1936, but it, it was more than that. And so that book was, I guess, I, I felt compelled to write it to, to answer those questions. But I, I think, I guess, coming to, your, coming to your very good question, there is always something you want to get at. Um, there's always something that's driving you forward. And I, I have tended to write big books, you know, my two volumes on the First World War, my three volumes on the Second World War, a book on prime ministers, warlords, um, Madman the Butcher, 
on, you know, Sir Arthur Curry and Sir Sam Hughes. These are big books. And I think that has interested me. But, you know, then there'll be a book like The Secret History of Soldiers, which looks at that, the culture of soldiers. And, and the question there was, how did they cope and survive? I mean, how did they endure? The, the horrors of trench warfare. And so um, it, it shifts, it moves. Um, I have research files going back 25 years. I have new files. There, there's always something. Uh, each book is different and uh, come to it with different ideas. But um, there's something that always has to drive you forward, I think, because it's a long process. So when you're writing one of these long books, Tim, um, you must have people in your life that you have to really lean on um, during this time, because you're, you're so busy with the book. Um, it, yeah. How much does that help having family and friends support? You know, Matt, it, it's crucial for me. Um, I've got a wonderful wife, uh, Sarah, who's an archivist. So she loves history. She is an academic. She writes and publishes my, my three girls. It's certainly, I have benefited from being a historian at the Canadian War Museum for 20 years. Uh, uh, just an incredibly enriching um job there at the museum where I curate exhibitions. And I guess in addition to my my books, I've done about a dozen exhibitions over the years. And it oh. it's a very different um, way of doing history. You're you're presenting history to the public. Um, you're you have all of the tools at your disposal, of course, words, but if you're relying on words as a curator, you've probably failed. So it's the amazing artifacts. I, you know, there's such power in these stories, photographs, works of art, film, reconstructions, right. oral histories, reconstructed of spaces. These are all of the tools that, that the curator can bring to tell these stories. And People who, who have a chance to visit the Canadian War Museum of Ottawa, I curated the First World War Gallery there, and you can get a sense of the storytelling. And I always say to people, if you, you know, when they ask me, how did you become, how did you become this, you know, best-selling Canadian military historian? Um, you know, how did you move from being an academic? I have a PhD in Canadian military history to, to something different. And I say, you have to know that I'm a public historian. I'm right. interested in sharing these stories with the broader public. I still write academic articles and I still do give conference papers, but I feel it's important for us to share these stories because I think Canadians want these stories. If we don't tell these stories, that means Canadians. If we Canadians don't tell these stories, don't expect others to do it for us. Don't expect the Americans to tell our story. Don't expect the British or the French or the Germans to tell the stories that define us as Canadians. We have to do that. And I, I make that argument in the new book, The Fight for History, and in some of my other ones, that this is, this is our story, but it's up to us to tell it. I mean, I wrote a two-volume history on the Second World War, The Necessary War in 2014, Fight to the Finish in 2015. And, you know, those are big books. They're about 1,200 pages. There's a thousand footnotes. I, I tell the fighting experience, you know, 1.1 million Canadians defending North America, fighting on the oceans, fighting in the air, fighting in multiple land campaigns. It's, it's the story of Canada at war. And when I was touring the country, and I heard two things. I heard two things. One, people saying, you know, thank you. Thank you for writing these stories. I never knew what my grandfather did. Or I, my dad's, you know, served in the Battle of the Atlantic, but he never talked about it. 
And that phrase over and over again came back to me. My, I wish I'd been able to ask those questions. I wish I'd been able to know more about his history or her history, uh, the 50,000 women who served in the three services, for instance, before they passed away. And that, I took that to heart. You know, I, I really felt that it was important to tell these stories. And then the second part, um, which also struck me, is why? Why hadn't we done a better job in telling these stories? Um, and that that led me on that that journey to to write the fight for history. And as you have alluded to, there part of the blame is is us. We didn't tell our story. We didn't produce the same histories. We didn't uh, create the same documentaries. We didn't create Saving Private Ryan or D Day from 1962. We didn't even build memorials, separate national memorials to the Second World War. And it, it really was a strange thing when, we, when I thought about the First World War and the thousands of memorials we built across the country and the stained glass windows in churches and the commemorative histories and, of course, Vimy and Beaumont Hamel. And um, the list goes on and on. John McRae and the Poppy and Two Minutes of Silence and Remembrance Day all coming out of the First World War. Yes. And yet that wasn't the same for the Second World War, even though the Second World War, you could argue, um, you know, more Canadians served. We had a tremendous impact there. We were fundamentally changed as a country coming out of 1945. Right. And yet we ignored our history. So the book um, <laughs> it really tries to explore that. And, and there is, uh, I'll just finish up here. A good news story, I think, is that we have done a better job over the last 25 years, I think, in telling our history in, in letting veterans talk about their experiences, in, in writing histories and creating documentaries and having podcasts like what you're doing, Matt. You know, this is, this is important, I think, to get out the story. Because again, to come back to my point I made earlier, if we don't do it, no one else will. Where do you feel that changed uh, after World War II? Where do you feel we lost that story? Unlike the First World War, after the Second World War, after victory, we, um, we treated our veterans well. We had the Veterans Charter. We, um, uh, we sent veterans to university. We gave them money to start businesses, to buy homes. Canada was fundamentally changed. You know, think of the country in the 1930s, riven, uh, nearly destroyed by the Depression. And we come out of this war industrialized and urbanized and connected to the United States through trade and having forged a new Canadian identity with a million new veterans. And yet we were a prosperous nation. We were looking and moving forward. We weren't interested in the past. And so Canadians of that time left the war behind very quickly and they, they didn't build the same memorials and they didn't tell the stories. And we rapidly left it behind. I think it's fascinating history to try to explore why things don't happen. And right. I think, um, you know, there are incredible characters who were fighting for history. The Legion plays a key role in trying to keep the history alive. And yet by the 60s and 70s, we simply didn't know, didn't care, didn't teach the history well. Uh, and things were looking very grim. Um, uh, the 50th anniversary was an important turnaround. Um, that was 1994, 1995. Um, thousands of Canadian veterans returned to France and then in 1995 to the Netherlands, where they were greeted as the heroes that they were, the liberators who had freed the French and the Belgians and the Dutch 
And Canadians woke up to that. That was broadcast on national televisions. And it was quite surprising. We had sort of talked ourselves into thinking we were a nation of peacekeepers. And, right. you know, I've always been very proud of our peacekeeping history. But, um, you know, really, we're a country with a lot of war as well. And I think from that point forward, we began to pay more attention to our history of the Second World War in this case. Um, um, but I think in, in our military history, uh, in a larger sense as well. Where, where are we now then? Like, where are people now, do you think, as far as remembering the Second World War? I think we've done a better job. And I, I'm very lucky to work at the War Museum. And, and in pre-COVID times, we would have 500,000 visitors a year. And that's, that's fairly astonishing. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of Canadians who are coming to understand their history uh, you know, Matt, I'm a biased, I'm a biased witness here, but I think it's, you know, the War Museum is a, a, an amazing place to come to understand those stories, the material culture, uh, everything from the largest tanks to the smallest teddy bear. The fight is never over. We, we always have to struggle, uh, struggle against forgetting, struggle against apathy, um, struggle against um, shrugging our shoulders and say it was in... Uh, a long time ago in the past, right. I argue that these things matter. This is our history. These are our stories. And, um, you know, they, they tell us who we were in the past, uh, which helps to ground us today in our contemporary society and perhaps gives us a way to think about the future. Well, there it is, everybody, an interview with Tim Cook. Of course, Tim is the director of research at the War Museum in Ottawa, and I guarantee to you we are going to have more from Tim Cook coming up on future podcasts. I just want to take a moment here to thank everybody for listening to the first episode of the Marathon of History podcast, and subscribe and like this podcast as we have many, many more coming. I've done a lot of interviews over the last uh, number of years. So I'm really excited to share it with everybody out there and uh, listeners everywhere. So thank you very much and we'll talk again.